So when I was a kid, I desperately wanted to be an actor, and my parents desperately did not want me to be an actor. And I went to a lot of acting classes where I think a lot of my teachers were people who wanted to be actors as well, but who weren't being given those opportunities. So I had this one teacher who taught us how important it was to come into an audition confidently. And so the way that he taught us how to do that was by standing outside the door of the classroom. You had to come in saying your name, bringing in all the energy from outside. And I remember being like, oh, I'm so ready for this. I can do this. And eventually my dad asked his manager to figure out the worst audition to bring a kid to because he wanted to traumatize me out of wanting to be an actor. So they found this Chewy Bar commercial, and I remember it so vividly. I came in super confident and competitive, and I remember looking around the waiting room and being like, none of these kids are going to book this job. None of them are taking it seriously. Their parents are bribing them to be here. And I remember going into the room and being like, hi, I'm Jesse," And everyone laughed. And that left me as like a seven-year-old walking back out to meet my dad. I was like, these people aren't professional. They don't even know what they've got in front of them. And he was like, oh, no, she's got too much confidence to quit. Learning lots, learning lots. Bree and Jesse are learning lots. But learn so much, their heads will grow. There won't be anything they don't know. They'll make Einstein look like a stupid schmo. And you can learn lots too with Bree and Jesse. Hi, I'm Jesse Ennis. I'm Bree Larson. And, and we, we are. Learning lots. Learning lots. Still learning how to say that beginning part. Welcome to the show. Oh, today's topic is great. I'm saying it with confidence. Well, that's perfect because the topic is confidence. Yes. And so I thought, why not explore being confident in being a podcast host today, right now? Let's not miss a moment. Let's live it. That works for me. Okay, great. I love this plan. Have you always been confident? No. <laughs> the answer is no, absolutely not. My earliest memories as a child is just being shy, being nervous. I felt different from other kids at school. I didn't feel like I fit in. And it took me a long time to learn how to own that. And once I was able to own myself, then I felt like the confidence came. What about you? I feel like I was an incredibly confident child. I would take physical risks. I would take social risks. I would walk up to a stranger and say, hey, do you want to be my friend? <laughs> oh, wow. I was really good at that. I remember in kindergarten walking right up to Morgan Marmoreau and saying, hi, I think we should be best friends. And she was my best friend for all of elementary school. And I credit that confidence in a huge part of why I had friends in elementary school. And also like, Physically, I would fly really high off of a slide or a swing or I did gymnastics and all these different kinds of sports and in softball. My dad was actually my softball coach. And one of the exercises he had us do was throw a ball up in the air and let it hit us in the face. <laughs> he wanted to teach us that there are situations in which the ball's coming down. And if you're terrified of it, you're not going to be able to catch it. You have to have that experience of being hit in the face to stick your mitt out and make sure the ball lands in your mitt instead of shying away from it. Mm. It's a beautiful metaphor in practice. <laughs> Just a light little tap on the nose. You're good to go. <laughs> How do you think my nose got so cute? <laughs> but yeah, I feel like that resilience really helps build up a sense of confidence and an understanding that things are not always going to go your way and it doesn't have to be earth shattering. Yeah. What you're bringing up is an interesting point. Overcoming a fear, recognizing that 
it's not as big of a deal. I mean, you talking about getting a ball thrown in your face. I remember (laughs) during Captain Marvel, one of my biggest fears was being punched in the face. Of course, because all those fight scenes. You're doing all these fight scenes. And also you're doing them with people with prosthetics and lenses on, like can't really see. And they've got big metal boots on and I'm barefoot. And it was just like, (laughs) well, this is a recipe for disaster. And I was so scared of that. And uh, I did get punched in the face on set. And I was like, oh, that? No problem. I mean, don't want it again. Just for, <laughs> so our listeners are clear, I'm not saying— Come at me. Not, that's not an invitation. <laughs> I'm just saying it happened. And uh, I was resilient, and then I felt more confident. I was like, oh, I experienced it. That's what that was. Carry on. What does confidence feel like for you? If I'm feeling confident, then I don't have negative dialogue in my head— I just feel I'm where I'm at. I don't feel like I have to assert myself. I don't feel like I'm proving a point. I'm not in reaction to things. That's what confidence feels like for me. Oh, that's nice. I feel like confidence is a direct reaction to me having negative self-talk. So like if I have to go to a red carpet, I can get very negative in my head. Why are you doing this? Why is this the dress you decided to wear? Is this going to photograph well? Are you going to do something stupid with your face? You always put your hand on your hip. Every picture looks the same. And so tapping back into that confidence and knowing I've been here before, it turned out fine. That always kind of helps me. But confidence in my body feels like a light that needs to be radiated. Like I feel this responsibility to my confidence. The same way I'm talking about looking up to somebody who I consider to be confident and how them supporting me makes me feel like I got a dose of their confidence in a way. When I'm feeling really confident, it's important to shine my light on other people and to like lead and to show them, hey, you're pretty great too. We can do this together. Absolutely. I can feel very confident in certain areas of my life. And there are others where I just shut down and feel like I need to run away or hide under the covers. Is confidence oppressive in any way? Have you ever been around someone who's so confident that it makes you feel less confident? Or is that not confidence at all? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of times when you're faced with an ego, like a big ego, it can come off as confidence, but it's really a deep-rooted insecurity. So like the popular girls at my high school, they inspired a lot of me questioning whether or not I should be confident because they seemed so confident. But then the older we got, you know, I stay in touch with a lot of people I went to high school with. And these girls now are struggling so much to find their voice. And it's helpful, honestly, to recognize that like sometimes the people who seem the most confident, the most destined for greatness are actually trying to cover something, some uncertainty about themselves. And I hope that I'm able to recognize those moments in myself and recognize, okay, I feel insecure right now and I'm trying to override that by pumping myself up in a way that isn't actually productive. I've actually found a lot of confidence in my resilience. So like in work situations when I face rejection, but I'm still able to show up the next day and try again on another project or in personal situations where maybe I try something out in my relationship with my partner and I learn that that's not his way of communicating, being resilient, being adaptable actually creates a greater sense of confidence in myself, knowing that I'm capable of pivoting and figuring out a new way to apply my skills. Mm, Absolutely. That's a key. Those are like the building blocks. Life is an experiment. And so to be able to be in ourselves as we're testing out these new things, understanding and trusting ourselves to go, I can figure this out. I can make amends where I need to. Knowing that like in living a fully free life, it means you might offend people. It means you're going to make a mistake. It means you have to reckon with yourself. 
to confront that, be that with another person or with yourself, is a huge confidence booster, I think. Yeah. Yeah, you're totally right. Is there anything that you do when you're feeling insecure that helps you feel confident? So journaling and just going like, okay, this is all the stress that I have right now. This is the world I've built for myself that I'm believing. I can do it on my own. And sometimes confronting the situation. If I'm feeling unconfident because I feel like I'm not meeting a deadline or I'm not meeting a standard that a project or a person is asking of me, the fear of then putting in the room, like, hey, I feel a little scared. Hey, I feel uncomfortable. Hey, this isn't the right situation for me or this isn't allowing a situation for myself to live at my full potential and figuring out what that is. And then there's sometimes simple things. Doing a little something for myself, something to boost my spirits can help a lot and just push myself just a little bit out of that insecurity and into a more positive feedback loop. What about you? I'll put on like pump up music and I'll jump around my house and try to like exercise the demon. (laughs) But being an actor is a place where I can escape confidently. I know that I'm good at it. Having to do things outside of that realm can be scary. And one way that I channel my confidence is actually by thinking about our guest today. Our guest is Amy Poehler, who I don't need to list her credits, but I will. You know her from Saturday Night Live, Parks and Rec, Mean Girls. She wrote an awesome book called Yes, Please. Her new projects are Duncanville and Making It. She's a multi-award winner. So let's jump into our conversation with Amy. Hi, Amy. Hi, Jesse. Hi. Hi, Brie. I'm really grateful that you're giving us this amount of time. I'm grateful anytime I get to be around you because I feel like I just absorb knowledge by witnessing you. And so sitting down with you and getting to actually pick your brain on a specific topic feels like a real privilege. Thank you. Oh, my God. My pleasure being here. I'm so happy to see both of you and hear both of you. How do you accept compliments? Are you good with compliments? I'm getting much better. I still have a tendency to want to make a joke. Me too. (laughs) When I'm uncomfortable, yep. But it's a nice practice to try to accept it in the moment and just kind of sit in it for a second, which is very nice. But it's it's a work in progress, I think. A love language for me with people that I'm intimate with is like gentle teasing. (laughs) All right, well, buckle up because I've got a lot of compliments (laughs) to throw your way. (laughs) And very little gentle teasing. (laughs) I just now was going through them and I was like, how do I tease her about these things? (laughs) Turn these compliments into a gentle tease. How do I neg her for the rest of the interview? (laughs) Amy, you have influenced me in more ways than I know how to articulate. When I need a confidence boost, I channel you. I feel really lucky to have you as an example. And I was saying how I do feel that you are incredibly confident. And in being confident, you lend your confidence to other people. So Being around you made me feel more confident in my abilities because you were confident in my abilities. And so when I'm questioning myself or feeling insecure, my mom will even say, what would Amy say? What would Amy tell you right now? (laughs) Or like I... I was really paranoid. I got this scary phishing email that was like, we've hacked your computer. We have all your personal files. And I called my mom. I was like, what if they have a picture of me I don't want them to have? And she was like, how do you think Amy would feel? And I had this vision of you in my head being like, okay, creep. You want to see that? Great. You got into my computer and you got to see it. And immediately I felt this like huge sense of relief. Obviously, I didn't (laughs) call you or ask you how you would respond. But just having you as an example, I've been able to project things onto you that you're like profoundly confident and that in witnessing that I'm now able to be confident too. Do you feel that? Do you know that you're doing that? Well, first of all, I'm so sorry I sent you that email. 
I just really, I really needed you to invest, invest in this product. And I think it's a great product and I think you should invest in it. Um, you know, it's so funny that you guys picked this topic because I was just talking about it in therapy, this idea of the stuff that really got you where you are. Does it serve you anymore? A lot, I think, of life is trying to practice the stuff that doesn't come as naturally to you. And I feel like confidence or even just pretending to be confident got me a lot of access. And now, as I'm getting older, I'm thinking like, would it be interesting to practice the feeling of being okay with having people not see that side of me, just be okay with the middle way and the middle ground. And the idea of confidence in my relationship with it is changing. And I think that's kind of cool. It sounds like what you're saying is you're finding confidence and not needing to always be confident. (laughs) Yes, that's right. I think about directing, for example, and if someone's trying to think of something in real time, a suggestion comes up on set or something and they're like, hmm, no, no. And I just sit there and tolerate the not knowing. And everybody kind of lets that moment happen. And they don't pretend they know something they don't. I love that. Give me the I don't know. Don't give me the answer just because you think I want an answer. I don't know is so powerful and leaves so much space for someone to know or for all of us to work on it together. Like it's no weakness in saying like, don't have the answer to that right now. You're right. It gives them permission to not be reflexive in their answers. Mm -hmm. And I think too, a lot of it is habit, like it's not character. And so I have to remember that I can take time. You're not luxuriating in it. You're not being indulgent if you need to say, give me a minute, I don't know, let me think about it. Mm -hmm. Are there certain areas where you feel really confident and then other areas where you feel not so much? I think in work, I always had a bit of, healthy ambivalence in terms of, I was going to really try to engage in the business of what we do in a way that was going to not consume me. And so sometimes I try to slide my ability to ask for what I want and need in work over to more personal stuff, because it's not always as easy. Sometimes I'm more comfortable in a room of people that I have to win over than I might be even with a long relationship. So I'm trying to flip it. I'm trying to see the stuff that comes easier and make that a little bit more difficult and the stuff that feels difficult to see if I can sit in there and make it stretch a little bit in there. Are there physical things that you do to try to boost your confidence when you're feeling insecure? Levity helps a lot. Goofing around, joking around, moving around. Mm -hmm. Breath. Breathing is a big deal. What do you guys do? I'm so curious I'm realizing communication is really helpful. Like, I actually Mm. remember when you and I were shooting your pilot, Dumb Prince, I got to play a princess, and I was right at the tail end of a really intense injury, and I was still kind of learning how to walk. I was also adjusting to a new medication, and I remember this one day where I just felt kind of weird, and I felt really safe to tell you that I was feeling weird, and we were going to shoot the scene that was my audition scene, so I had put a lot of pressure on myself to, like, Mm. knock it out of the park and do it as well as I did on the day that you decided to cast me. And I came right up to you and I was like, I'm feeling nervous. I'm feeling kind of insecure. My brain feels slow because I'm on this medication. And I just think I need to say that to you. And I remember feeling like I was going to fail you in some way, but that communicating that would make it easier. And you were so chill. You were like, okay, well, you know, we can always call cut and you can take a break and we can do it a different way or we could postpone the scene if that feels right to you. 
And I was like, no, 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 I can do it. I can do it. And then we did it and it was not difficult. It was not, I mean, I mean, you were watching it, so I'm sure you could tell from your own perspective. No, she has notes. She has a lot of notes. <laughs> yeah. That she's been meaning to tell you. She's like, it didn't get picked up, Jesse, and it's because of that scene. I mean, scene. We, ended, we ended up animating that scene, but it was still good. It was still good. It was great. It was better. But I remember feeling your confidence in me and in the situation that like, it's not all or nothing. There's always a second take. You can always try again. And there's like malleability in the fact that we had a week to shoot the thing. And so maybe you were going to have to rearrange it because on that afternoon, my brain was like tapping out. But I remember feeling like really put at ease as a result of communicating where I was coming in from. That makes me really happy to hear. Like, I love that you felt safe to say that to me. And I love that in collaboration is when people are like, oh my, I'm really freaked out. You know, I'm, <laughs> I love people feeling safe to be able to say that. And really my work is to give myself the same permission because even as you're saying that, I think, oh, how strong that is to be in that moment and not only in touch with your feelings, but also vulnerable enough to be like, hey, just to give you a head. I mean, that's championship play, in my opinion there, and real confidence. And I take such pride in the fact that you felt that. And I really, really try to make that experience happen on all the sets that I'm on. That is a practice that I still have to practice. I think a lot of people, not just women, but a lot of people understand that, which is like being as gentle to yourself and what you allow yourself to do as you are hopefully to other people. Have you ever worked with someone or been around somebody whose confidence is oppressive? Yes. Would you consider that confidence or is that something else? I don't consider it confidence. I consider it like a single-minded, non-flexible approach. I feel, for the most part, with the exception of a few eccentric people and artists, the most talented people are usually the easiest to work with because they're just not coming from a fear-based place. They're not like, right. this is my last job. This is my last idea. You're trying to take my whatever. They're like, I love to work. Let's work together. I'm talented, whatever. Don't worry about it. So when I meet people that come across as overly confident, I think sometimes what that means is they're like not willing or open to change or collaboration. Like they're rigid. And I have worked with rigid people but don't you find that right away people pick up on the fact that if you're rigid, then you aren't very confident in your idea? Because if you have confidence in your idea, if you say like, okay, I have this great idea for this podcast, and you have 10 different people passing it around, giving notes and thoughts and feedback on it. And the whole time you guys are like, yeah, no, we know what it is. We, you know, <laughs> we might take some feedback here and might adjust here. But like at the end of the day, we're very aware of what the core of it's going to be. We know what the soul of it's going to be. We're confident in that. Then you could be like, oh, no, give me your thoughts. No, give me your thoughts. Give me your thoughts because you're confident about what you already have. It's the people that don't want to open up their process or their idea. Sometimes it feels like it might seem confident, but I don't find that it is. Or that's not my experience always. I feel for myself that I took a long time to really step into my confidence because I misunderstood this type of negative confidence, which isn't really confidence, that I had observed in others, my superiors. And I thought, oh, well, when they do that, that makes other people feel bad. So I don't want to do that. So I'm just going to act like I haven't accomplished anything, mm -hmm. not acknowledge my success and just be sort of like, it's probably a dumb idea, but like, mm, I don't know, maybe like mm, it could be this. It took me a long time to recognize it lifts everybody up. It's actually infectious. If you are embodied in yourself, that type of leadership actually just makes everybody else feel it. And just like, you know, the two of you talking about making that pilot, 
that's a clear example of that happening. Yeah, I know what you mean. I feel like I've spent a lot of time realizing that I was mistaking like a masked behavior as something else. I think we all do that, which is like, wow, that person really doesn't like me. And then you're like, oh, they don't like themselves. Or wow, this person is one of my best friends. And I was like, not really, baby. <laughs> Whatever, you know. <laughs> like, uh, take another look, friend. <laughs> come on, sweetie. Come on. Come on, honey. <laughs> it's just making me think of an anecdote. There was an amazing moment. One time I was at SNL, and I don't know, it was some writing night. We were up all night, and I was in Maya Rudolph and Emily Spivey's office, which was kind of like a second home for me in a way. It was the office next to mine, and I was crying about something. I don't even remember what. Could have been life, could have been work. And Rosa, this amazing woman who worked at SNL on the floor for like 20 plus years, this teeny tiny lady who did not speak a lot of English and who was an incredibly sweet, funny lady who had probably seen it all. Rosa came up to me and put her hand on my shoulder and said, don't cry, sexy. (gasps) And she said, don't cry, sexy, which I just, I, I give that gift to you because When someone is sad and you say, don't cry, sexy, it's such a (laughs) funny, funny way to get them out of crying. Uh, So I think about don't cry, sexy a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Rosa, wherever you are, thank you. Rosa, we love you. We love you. What a gift. Don't cry, sexy. When do you feel the most confident? I think I feel the most confident when I have an idea for something I give myself permission and am given room to try it, and it works. Trying something and having it work, I think that feels really nice because it means that you've set up a position for yourself that you can suggest things, you have the room to do it. And I also feel confident in collaboration with people. I really like failing and succeeding with people because I like that feeling of, oh, look what we built together or look what we we really destroyed together. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there was one sketch you did on SNL. It was like a Flava Flav thing where you have one leg and you're farting the whole time. That's right. I remember watching that at a friend's house and her dad was like, ah, oh, women aren't supposed to do that. And I remember watching you do it. You were so committed. And I remember being like, well, yeah, yeah, they can do that. What are you talking about, sir? You don't make the rules. And I remember being like, I can make fart jokes if I want. Look, Amy Poehler's killing it on TV right now. And you were actually someone who I used to transcribe your sketches because I learned so much from Jessie, watching you work. are you wow. kidding me? No, I'm not kidding. Specifically the one oh. where you play Caitlin and Kate Winslet was the host that week. And I remember thinking that was just like masterful. You playing this young girl who like needs a sip of Mountain Dew for sustenance. And I just like absorbed that and really learned from your example. So thank you for taking those risks because I feel like I I got a lesson from watching you do that. Jesse, you are getting right into my little heart center today. Oh my God, you're my daughter. Anytime, anytime. Oh my God. (laughs) Thank you for saying that. I mean, we can all relate to this, right? Which is you're about to do something. You're like, there's no way over this thing, but through like, right to commit so hard or else it's really not going to work. Oh, I've been there. I'm like, how did I get here? And it always traces back to, I just didn't commit. I didn't commit to the moment, the project, the person. And now I'm in the middle of the pool and not even close to the sides of the pool. And I'm going to tread water until this thing is over. Like, oh no, oh no. 
but I feel like I, you learn so much more from failure than success. So the yes. many, many times I've tried and failed, I learned so much more. If there is maybe a quintessential moment or a series of moments where you feel like your confidence was shattered and that rebuilding process, like what came out of having confidence lost? Improvising and just dying on stage was huge. If you're bombing on stage and you're improvising or you're in a sketch, and this happened at SNL all the time, and someone stays with you, like you love them forever. Your love for them, if someone looks at you and they're like, this is so bad and we're in this together and we're going down with the ship, the love you have is like similar to what I would imagine it would feel like to be through a traumatic situation with someone and they, you know, they help, they hold your hand. If they leave you, if they desert you, you'll never forget it. The way people react when the ship is going down, to me, tells me so much more about them than the way they react when everything's great. Because when everything's great, like, it's easy to be confident and nice and easy to work with. But when you're not making your day and everything's going badly and the scene isn't working or you're feeling stuck or the project is unraveling, whatever it is, and a person, they stand by you, I mean... It's magical. It is. It's something I've been on the receiving end of a couple of times now and something I really learned from you. You use laughter as a form of support. I've had the honor of auditioning for you a couple of times and you laugh in a way that makes everyone else want to laugh too. Like <laughs> I get that you're not trying to be the cool girl, but the way that you laugh makes everyone else be like, I want to be having as much fun as Amy is. I got to figure out what about this is as funny as she's finding it funny. Well, I was always shocked at SNL. Like the room used to be so quiet. Used to be, but I feel like when my tenure there and everybody has a different, completely different experience there, I remember thinking like, this shit is funny. Why is nobody laughing? And also, do you get in trouble if you laugh at other people's <laughs> sketches? Like, <laughs> is this like, are we rolling basically? <laughs> and I love on set when I'm shooting, when I'm directing, I love to laugh during takes. I love it. Sound hates it, but you know, you have to feel like someone's out there. It's just the loneliest feeling. Yeah, but when it's the funniest person in the room laughing, everyone else is like, well, she knows what's funny. I just, I need to, I need to know what's funny like Amy. <laughs> I mean, first of all, it takes a lot of confidence to be the only person laughing. <laughs> do you laugh at things you don't think are funny? I'll be very honest. I'm sure I do. I'm sure there are times where I laugh out of awkwardness. I think I really try to be genuine. Like I definitely, <laughs> you know, like people that are in comedy for a long time, like they'll watch a show and they'll stand there and they'll watch like really fun. They'll be like, that's funny. That was funny. <laughs> yeah. like, wow. What an audience. <laughs> I actually remember hearing that and then purposefully watching cartoons as a kid and being like, I will not laugh. I'm going to be a professional <laughs> comedian and not enjoy this. <laughs> I take notes. <laughs> I'm an easy laugh. I'm an easy laugh for sure. What would you say if we have a listener who's struggling with finding inner confidence? Oh, sweetie. There's all different ways to approach and there's the certainly like the emotional and kind of inner way to approach. But another thing that I really do like is this idea of a reminder that most people aren't thinking about you. And that can be really helpful sometimes in terms of when you're feeling especially self-conscious is that most people are really involved in their own heads, their own thing. And you can tell people how they should see you. Meaning, if you are like, I'm a sexy bitch, then you are. And people are like, okay, 
Whether or not you feel it is its own journey. It takes a lot of work and I feel you, but I guess I would say watch your words about yourself. Start there maybe, and then move into the words that you say in your head, because those are often worse, meaner, harder to wrangle. But just even watch the words you say out loud, because people are waiting for you to tell them who you are. Just tell them you're good at it. (laughs) (laughs) Just say, yes, I can drive a stick shift. Yes, I do speak 10 languages. Yes, I do do a Cockney accent. Yes. And then when they hire you for that, just be like, "I, I forgot. I remember watching you in interviews and watching how you would reject questions that didn't serve you. And I always felt like you were sending girls like me like a little love letter that some things just don't really matter and you don't need to waste your energy and time talking about something that you don't really care about. When did you learn about setting those kinds of boundaries and do you recognize that you're setting an example in doing that? Well, thank you for saying that. That has been a long practice. And let me just also say, I recognize that with that comes a certain privilege of like, I get to decide what questions I need to answer and when. Sometimes questions need to be answered, right? Or like they're important questions that you can't kind of ignore or bypass. Mm-hmm. However, in interviews, I just won't answer a question I don't want to answer. And it is thrilling because most times interviews are with people who you do not know. They're trying to get something out of you, like some version of something that they can make into a headline that they can sell, whatever. Like there's no tender love and care. There's no context. There's nothing like this. There's no safe space. So One of my techniques, again, I'd love for you to get my book. It's really great. No, but here's one tip that I love. Okay, this happens to us as women all the time where someone asks a question that's just like a little too personal or it's whatever. And I like to go, what made you ask that? Mm -hmm. It's a way to be curious. It also buys you a little time. And it does make the person who's asking have to just take a minute to say, why do I want to spend the 10 minutes I have here talking about this. And everyone's fine with it. Nobody really cares. If anything, I do care that you don't answer those questions. It makes me feel like I don't need to worry that much about my face and my body and whether or not I'm going to prove to people that women are funny or even like, it's not necessary for me to say that in the first place because it's obvious and it's a stale topic. I remember I had to audition for, they were called like Bite and Smiles, which is like a commercial You just have to pretend to bite into something and smile. And it was usually like a commercial for like a burger or whatever. And I never got it because my teeth are really wonky. But I would go in, of course, and try to get a job. And I remember a casting director saying to me, tell me your most embarrassing moment. And I remember being like, I don't want want to. (laughs) And her look at her face was like, excuse me, bitch, this is a bite and smile. Like, like you knew what you were getting yourself into. The look on her face was like a steel door closing. Like when a deli closes and they close that steel door, like, and she was just like, you're never, never going to get to bite and smile again. (laughs) But what you're talking about with these interviews is that confidence as being not like a euphoria. It's not power. It's like an inner stasis, I think. For me, it's like I'm not in reaction to anything. I'm actually not connected to anything. I just am. I'm just here. And so by you saying, 
checking in, don't want to answer that question, that to me is an example of when confidence is infectious. Sometimes it takes seeing it to go, oh, it's that. Because it can be a little bit wonkier when it's inside ourselves. We have a systemic issue of confidence being related to power and abuse of power. And so therefore we go like, oh, don't touch that. Don't go there. And we shrink ourselves to be like, well, in order to not be that, I need to be this way. And it takes a lot of unlearning, I think, to get to this point of not being in reaction. Big time. Unlearning is the word. If you treat it like habits and not like character, then you don't also get to beat yourself up when you didn't hit a bullseye. If you have a moment where you didn't advocate for yourself or you sold yourself short, so what? That's just a habit like turning right to drive to the grocery store and you're like, oh, I forget the grocery store is over here now. Like you don't spend the whole day being like, I'm such a piece of shit because I went the wrong way to the grocery store. And frankly, what women especially are told and trained to do, it's a habit. So just practice it. Huh, I did it again. Oh, well. Instead of why can't I learn faster? Why can't I be better? Why don't I get it? It is taking the emotionality out of that. How does it feel when you're about to walk out to host an award show that you know millions of people are watching? Well, that's a great example where I feel like adrenaline and confidence really helps. I'm not an athlete at all, but it's the closest thing I'll feel to it, which is this idea you just can't walk out there being like, why did they pick me? Like, <laughs> you just can't go out there and be like, oh my God, I'm in over my head or I don't know what I'm doing or my jokes are bad or this is going to be bad. You, you have to fool your brain into thinking like, yep, totally normal. Not only do I deserve to be here, but I'm kind of bored. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's like managing your adrenaline, a little bit of manifestation, believing you deserve to be there, which is always half the battle in almost all things, and a tiny bit of like fake ambivalence so that you can get through it. That helps me in big, high pressure things like that. Bree, remember what you remember when we went on our trip together? Our Cabo trip. I've been thinking about it this entire conversation. The fireworks were so close. The ash was landing on our face. <laughs> that was so fun. I remember Brie came back from that trip and she was like, Amy said, we can't dim our lights for anyone. If your brightness is blinding to someone else, you shouldn't be dimming the light to make them more comfortable. You just need to shine the light on them enough for them to feel that confidence too. Is that directly linked to your confidence? Is that something that you think is important? That sounds like something I stole from <laughs> Anne Lamott or <laughs> or Maya Angelou or Gandhi. That's not that I didn't think that. So that's gonna be somebody else's thing. But is that something that you hold true in your life? I love that adage that you can shine your brightest around real people and they bask in the glow of it. They don't ask you to turn it down. I love that feeling and idea. And I feel like real friends do that. They don't think your fireworks are too close. They love it and watch it and support you. But there's no way I thought of that idea originally. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a song? Maybe it's in a song. <laughs> Amazing. We want to wrap this up by talking about your projects, Duncanville and making it. Is there anything you'd like to share with our listeners about it? Thank you for asking. Duncanville is coming out at the end of May and it's really, really fun and funny. And the cast is so funny. Wiz Khalifa, Ty Burrell, Rashida Jones, Betsy Sodaro, Ricky Lindholm, Yasser Lester, Joy Osmanski, just really hilarious. We're in season two and I play a 16-year-old boy and also his mom. 
And then Making It is another season of the show that I do with my buddy Nick Offerman. And we watch talented people make things and we stand back while other people judge them. And it's the best gig. And we did it during quarantine and it was really, really major because it was the first people we had seen in a long time. So, and the stuff people make is beautiful. I really like animated work because you have to really swing for the fences. And that takes a certain amount of confidence. Like you can't be embarrassed. The minute somebody's commenting on their performance, trying to be cool, they lose me. And so every time I see someone who is just so committed and quote unquote, like almost embarrassing themselves is so, it's like the ultimate confidence. And it's really the secret to success as a person is basically like the earlier you don't care about how you look, how you're presenting yourself to the world, like people will be like, who's that girl? I mean, that's just <laughs> like, it's a lifelong lesson that we all have to learn, but it's really true. The minute you come into your own, do your thing, whatever version that is, whether it's quietly draw in your room or be the first one on the dance floor. If you're doing your thing, people are like drawn to that, like a magnet. But it just takes a minute to figure out what that thing is. And so with animation, you have to like be kind of embarrassing or else you're just like, I don't know, some cool voice, like whatever. (laughs) And same with the show that I'm doing with Offerman. Like, it's really cool to walk around and be like, that's beautiful. How did you make it? I think it's very telling when people are acting really cool. Like it's to me a sign of insecurity. So Any of those projects feel very dorky, and that's really fun. I like that a lot. Where can people watch these? Well, I'm excited about Duncanville. It's out now on Fox. You can check it out, and you can also check out episodes on Hulu and NBC, and then Hulu uh, slash Peacock for making it. I am so excited to watch these. Oh, thank you, friends. Oh, you guys, I can't wait to see you in person someday soon. Yeah, Send in lots of love. I hope you enjoyed all your compliments. Um, I am sweating a little bit. <laughs> I kept trying to figure out funny ways to turn them into insults, but I that, it just does not apply <laughs> to you work. in my it mind. It couldn't work. Not here. I not tried. Now. I tried my best. That is your work. That's not on us. <laughs> <laughs> just send me an email later. If you want to roast anything I said, feel free. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. I'll be sending you more compliments later. <laughs> Love you guys. Thank you so much. Love you. Hope we see you soon. Me too. Me too. Bye. It will never be normal for me to have that kind of rapport with someone who is truly my idol. (laughs) I think a huge part of why I am the way I am is because I was influenced by Amy. And so the fact that she says, I love you before she signs off is... (laughs) I wish I could put that in a locket. I'd wear that around my neck all day long. So are we saying you feel confident right now? I do. It does make me emotional. It's really special that someone who you look up to can, like, boost you up. I hope it's something that other people get to experience because she's so powerful in me. I really value her perspective. I value her voice, the way she uses her voice, the way she applies her talent. And so anytime she takes time to talk to me, I feel like... I just took like all the Mario mushrooms there are and I'm like 20 sizes bigger and I just feel like 
injected with so much confidence from her. It's totally something that she gifts to people. And I hope she knows that she has that influence on me, as awkward as it is to have to tell someone who you, like, you know, I look up to her so much, but I also want her to think I'm cool and I'm someone that she should hang out with in person. But then I have to, like, admit that I've transcribed her sketches and watch her interviews and, and like, idolize her. <laughs> I feel like I would avoid telling someone who I look up to. But with her, I just feel this like urge to be totally honest and and to also try to like boost her up because she's so giving and generous with how she treats the people around her. And it only feels right to return that to her. Hmm. I learned so much just being in the general vicinity of Amy, first of all. Maybe one of the bigger pieces I got is that confidence is infectious. Yeah. And that when you are living with joy, with freedom to know what your yeses and your noes are, that's that pure confidence that's not oppressive at all. It only brings about more. And it might be in that someone watches you at work or watches you on TV and goes, oh, wow, that's how that works. I want to be more like that. Or it could just be like there's a direct correlation in your work environment whereby you being calm, steady, and in yourself allows for somebody else to feel confident in being in the I don't know space or in the I do know space. And now after talking with Amy, obviously an expert on confidence, I feel really clear that there isn't an upside to dimming my light. Yes. I loved what you said about being in the I don't know space and how that can actually be a very confident place to be in, grounding yourself in the fact that you haven't made a decision yet. I loved how she said that she has little phrases she uses to give herself a little more time let me think about that. Or, huh, why'd you ask why, that question? Why'd you ask that question? <laughs> I love why'd you ask that question. I, I look forward to people hearing me say that in interviews. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you saying that. I can definitely see you saying that. <laughs> I'm really grateful to Amy for the example that she sets. And I loved how you brought up toxic confidence and how sometimes being confident in a rigid way isn't real confidence and that those are examples of people who may actually need some help and not people that you should try to buckle to impressing or or making happy. Jesse, do you want to explain what our extra bonus segment is for this episode? Yes. Next up is something I want to call Kids Corner. I'm going to interview some kids about the topic. I hope you like it. So what's your name and how old are you? I'm four, and my name is Calvin. Calvin? Hmm? Do you ever get scared? Just when I'm creeping, because I'm just scared of monsters. Monsters? And so what do you do when you feel scared to feel better? Daddy cuddled me, and, and, and Daddy sleep with me, so I don't get scared. That's so nice. How do you feel when you're not scared? Happy. What's confidence for you? Confidence means brave. What's something that you feel like you're brave enough to do? Jumping. Jumping? And climbing. And climbing? But sometimes I don't wear white shoes. The right shoes? Yeah, but I still climb. You can still climb with the wrong shoes? Yeah. And how do you feel when you know you can climb with the wrong shoes? Do you feel good about it because you know you're so good at climbing? Mm-hmm. What about when you try out something new on the trampoline, like when you did your spin jump and you didn't know if you could do it and then you did it perfect? How did that feel for you? Happy. Happy. How do you feel about telling people to put their masks on? I'm sad. 
Like when I came over the first time, you didn't know who I was yet. And you said, will you put your mask on? I thought that was really brave of you to say that. Mm -hmm. And you were really confident and comfortable telling me what you needed. Confidence means feeling sure of yourself and your abilities. What about like when you're trying to go to sleep and you're feeling scared of monsters, you have to be kind of brave in order to relax, right? Mm -hmm. So how does it feel for you to get brave? I need to be superhero. That's a really good answer. What makes superheroes so brave? Because they've got special powers. Do you have any special powers? Yeah, because the superheroes got me some of their costumes. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. What powers do you have? All of theirs. All of their superpowers? Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you know that you're funny? No. No, you don't? You're funny. I don't know. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you. Say bye-bye into the mic. Bye-bye, Mike. Will you start by saying your name and your age? I'm Story and I'm 11. What is confidence? Having pride in yourself, being proud of something you do. How do you feel when you feel confident? It really makes you feel good because you like what you're doing. When do you feel most confident? Usually because I'm an artist and also a guitarist. I like when I make a really good art piece or sometimes when I'm able to write something or play something really good on my guitar. Is there something that tests your confidence that you have to like work hard to be able to be confident enough to do? Memorizing stuff because tomorrow I have to do a little speech for school and I'm a little nervous about that, but I hope I can be confident. What makes you nervous about giving the speech? A lot of people watching. And what about that makes you scared? The worry of like, messing up or forgetting something, looking up at the audience. That's hard to do. What do you think you're going to do to feel like ready to get on stage and give the speech? The best way I make myself feel more confident is by preparing. And then I'll feel better. What's something that you're just not confident about? Is there anything that you're like, oh, I don't do that? Because I play guitar, I have a lot of trouble like writing things because I'm worried stuff is going to sound like cringy and weird and stuff. Especially when I choose like more like emotional lyrics that relate to me more. Have you played your songs for people? No. When do you think you'll be ready to play your songs for people? I don't know. I guess just when I feel more confident. Do you ever get nervous meeting new friends? Yeah, totally. First impressions are everything. It's like, oh, what if I say something weird? They're going to They're not going to want to talk to me ever again. Do you have any good advice for someone who might be nervous to make new friends? Sometimes you may be worried that you don't say the right thing. But if you're yourself, then you're saying all the right things. Just like being proud of yourself, yourself as a whole, things that you do. What advice would you give to someone who's not feeling confident? I suppose as long as you're just being your true self, then eventually you'll find confidence. Thank you, Story. Thank you. Bye. My name is Una and my age is four and three quarters. And do you know what the word confidence means? I think it means you're really brave about something. Is there anything that you have to be really brave about? 
quarantine. What would it feel like to have to be brave? Scared. And what helps you when you're scared? Kiddly. You're a stuffed animal? And what does kiddly do for you when you're scared? Make me calm and comfortable. That's really good. Is there anyone that you look up to who you think is really confident? Daddy. Your daddy's really confident? Mm -hmm. What does he do that he's really confident at? He can do work. (laughs) He does work? Uh Uh-huh. What about in the kitchen? Can your dad use knives? Yes. Can you use knives? Well, I do have a kid knife. But what about a big grown-up knife? Would you use something like that? Only if my hand was on top of mommy or daddy's hand. And mommy or daddy was confident about me doing it. I feel confident with their help. Was there something that you remember being scared to do when you were a little kid that you're not so scared of anymore? Uh Uh-huh. I didn't used to swing on the handlebar swings that you hold on and then you swing yourself. I didn't used to do that a lot. But what about now? Now I do it so much. What do you think you want to be when you grow up? A dancer and a superhero. What kind of powers do you want? Cue power, jumping power, and flying power. Do you have any powers right now? Being brave and being a big sister. Does it take a lot of confidence to be a good big sister? Yeah. Can you tell me about Super Una? I'm Super Una! (laughs) When does Super Una come out? Whenever somebody needs help. Super Una can do this! Is there anything that Una gets scared of that Super Una doesn't get scared of? Super Una... And Una are the same person, so they have the same scaredness and not scaredness. That's really good. And what kind of things can Super Una do? Jump off beds. (laughs) Is there any advice you would give to me if I said I wasn't feeling confident? Just be kind and loving and they'll want to play with you. Thank you, Una. (laughs) You're welcome. Bye. Bye. I thought it was so sweet how many kids were talking about superheroes and how their alter egos are a superhero that helped them feel confidence. Go off, children. Yes, Super Una, you got this. Uh, I love that. I love that we're starting to inch our way towards representation and empowerment for all, for the youth. Yes. Yes. I can't wait to talk to these kids more in future episodes. I think this is a cool segment that we should bring back for sure. Yeah, definitely. Jesse, I love this, and I want more. I want more hot tips from the wisdom of the youth. They say things like it's so simple. Yeah. It's not overcomplicated in any way. It's just straight to the point. It's clear. It's beautiful. We just want to say thank you to our listeners. We hope you liked this episode. We sure did. Bree, did you learn a lot? Oh, man, did I learn a lot. And I feel a big boost of confidence. Me too. How fun is that? It's amazing. Also, thank you to the parents and guardians of the kids that allowed Jesse to interview them. That is so sweet and kind. Thank you for trusting us with your kids. And uh, yeah, like and subscribe. Yeah, girl, you better like and subscribe. (laughs) I don't think that's part of podcast, but whatever. Thanks so much for joining us. (laughs) Thank you. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye. 